It's season nine and we're feeling fine because it is the holiday time. Welcome to the Silver Bells season. In this season, we will be exploring not only interviews with the past Silver Bells, but also talking about movies, about Christmas, and we will also be documenting our trip to Richmond to see the Silver Bells. So stick with us. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. In 1985, Tyler was meeting Justin at their favorite arcade, Longshot. Just as Justin was about to confess his love for Tyler, the world changed. Blending elements of 1980s pop culture and LGBTQIA fiction, we journey through this incredible experience that brings them closer together as they fight against a world trying to keep them apart. Listen to Longshot on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Merry Christmas, Merry one and all. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Today you have the three of us and Eddie Spaghetti. Of and course. Eddie is Come here. out to the coast. We'll get together. We'll have a few laughs. We are talking about 1988's Die Hard. I'm just quoting it. You were just quoting it? Yes. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. We'll have a few laughs. When he's in the, uh, the air duct and he's got the lighter. Remember? No. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. The guy comes by and starts poking at him. Yeah. So we're doing the um, ultimate Christmas movie this year as Die Hard for uh, the our choice today. Now I have a machine gun. Ho ho ho. I have suggested to Ryan Dean, which is what I call him because we went used to go to church together. That's his uh, baptismal name. Um. I think Ryan should turn this uh, movie into a one-man show, <laughs> where he, he knows all the plot points, he knows all the lines, and he plays all the parts. Yeah, because watching this film with Ryan is akin to that. He will quote along with the film. And I don't, and you know me, I don't know quotes, but this movie I have watched so many times, that, and it's just so quotable. This is my second time. Yeah, second time ever, right? Mm-hmm. What about you, Matt? Second time ever? Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I grew up with it. I saw it at the movie theater. I wasn't allowed to see it at the th- movie theater, but I saw it anyway. Uh, it was a uncle, I think, or you know, somebody that was an adult that was not my parent. And man, I had such a good time. The only other film I would have chosen to do instead, but we've run out of Christmas time, is The Godfather. That would have been a good Christmas adjacent. Christmas film. adjacent film, yeah. Um, this, I mean, this is like straight up. Christmas party, office Christmas party office gone Christmas bad. Party. I mean, everything they say. I mean, he's like, uh, it's Christmas, Cleo, and I you, don't know. You had said to me at the beginning. Uh, Theo. You had said to me at the beginning of the film last night. Have you ever been to a Christmas party like that? And I had to think about it because I think I've been to parties that felt that big, but no, no. I think ultimately I've never been to a party where you're on the thirty fourth thousandth floor and there's that much going on it's it's a lot um this party is also like thrown by a multi-million dollar company so i get it some guys doing coke yeah well it's the 80s some girl and guy was having sex oh man and don't be an ellis he is the most slimy 80s uh, stereotypical business guy from the 80s right ellis yeah, yeah. he is so hans booby i can get him to you like, all of these, like, 
I don't know. He's just so slimy. My favorite character is Argyle. He's my favorite. He's just like not hardly a part of the movie and then just blissfully unaware yeah. of anything. And uh, he was later on in uh, Head of the Class. Did you ever watch that oh, sitcom? Oh, of course, yeah. He was in that. Do you ever feel like movies like this that have headliner stars in it, that a lot of the money goes to having them in the movie and then sort of the larger ensemble supporting cast might be maybe not so good? Maybe, but this film, you know, Bruce Willis wasn't a, a star. This made him a star. I mean, he was on Moonlighting, but this like threw him into this the stratosphere. This was his first like, action yeah. film. And without Alan Rickman playing off of him, without all of the wonderful, horrible German... Uh, henchman henchman and then al leong and bonnie bedelia <laughs> and bonnie bedelia and there's bonnie bedelia who is wonderful but her hair has looked better it is 1988 but you know she's a great actress um yeah this this film um it, it grows on me every time i see it uh it's, it's not that i didn't like it. it it's just like huh this this at christmas feels so weird but then all of my Facebook feed, I don't know about anybody else's, and I sound like I'm 80 by saying my Facebook feed, but um, is all about, like, diehard references around Christmas and, like, you know. They, they do take the score and they do kind of, they do kind of, like, diehard it up. So there's Christmas in there, mm-hmm. but it's, yeah. it's done in a... Yeah, it's, I think it's the same guy that did Lethal Weapon the year before, uh, Cayman, last name, I can, Michael or Mark Cayman, Michael Cayman, maybe? I actually saw a thing that uh, says it's like a thing you put on your wall, and you move um, Hans Gruber down the floor every day for Chris until so it's not Christmas until Hans Gruber lands in Nakatomi Plaza. That's funny. So on the last day of Christmas, he's reached the the ground. Uh, this is the uh, rest of the quote that I was trying to do, but it's Christmas, Theo. It's the time of miracles, so be of good cheer. So it's it's very much. I mean, he tapes a gun at the end. Uh, with a Christmas tape onto his back, um, yeah, it's very, very much so a Christmas movie. There's a uh, uh, an ornament of him in the uh, air duct mm-hmm. uh, that you can put on your tree. Well, I've seen T-shirts, Christmas T-shirts with him Let me on it. Let ask you a question behind the scenes, if you will, since we are sort of the new Hollywood uh, reporter. Does this in any way? Is, is this something that sort of is planned by a producing movie? Did, did, they, did they plan for this to come out at Christmas? And did they intend for it to be a Christmas sort of tradition? I don't think it came out at Christmas. I think it came out at the summer, I'm pretty sure. Maybe Interesting. Not, um, I, I think it was the summer. I know I know uh, the second one came out in the summertime. Huh. Um, you would think, now that it, they are where they are with this Christmas movie, that, that it had been thought out. But how interesting that it maybe wasn't thought out, and now they're all getting rich every Christmas. Yeah, it was uh, released on July twelfth. It was the first date, and then uh, world, you know, worldwide the fifteenth of July in nineteen eighty-eight. Um, yeah, it was Michael Kamen was the uh, music. Uh, Jan de Bont, the director of Twister, was the cinematographer. Uh, he was a cinematographer prior to being a director. Um, so, little known fact that this is based on a book. Nothing Lasts Forever by Roderick Thorpe. Uh, and there was a movie that had this character from this novel, uh, I believe in the 60s, with Frank Sinatra in the role. I think they named it a different name. But because of the contract, before they started making the movie, they had to go to Frank Sinatra 
and say, this is your role. Do you want to do it? And he turned it down. Of course, he's like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to do it. He was old at this point, uh, much older at this point, I should say, um, in 1988. So they had to go to him first before they went to Bruce Willis. Um, but I mean, it was written by Jeb Stewart and Stephen E. D'Souza. I think D'Souza's idea, maybe, or vice versa. Uh, but the director is John McTiernan, who directed Predator. Um, the last, uh, sorry, uh, the uh, the last action hero. Um, but then he, he kind of went down the tubes later on in life because of some kind of scandal, one of the big Hollywood scandal scandals he was, he was a part of. In. He was involved in that. Uh, but, oh, The Hunt for Red October, he did that as well. Uh, he came back and did Die Hard with a Vengeance, which is the third Die Hard. Um, and time's up. <clears throat> Cookies are ready. But, yeah, no, he... I, He's a great... This is probably, in my opinion, the best action movie. The best adventure movie is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Then you have to get into action adventure. But this is like a perfect film. It's just like a novel. It sets up everything in the beginning. It sets up the guy saying, you're going to go, uh, you know, you to get over jet lag, you know, take your shoes off, walk around on the carpet, and make fists with your toes. So then he winds up with no shoes on when the terrorists come. Uh, she puts down the uh, framed picture of him in her office because uh, she's frustrated with him and puts it face down, which, because of that, doesn't know that you know John McClane is is Bonnie Bedelia's husband. Um, but all all these little things just start you know come back throughout the entire thing and are, are interwoven, um, very much foreshadowing a lot of stuff that comes later. Um, but it's just it's it's propulsive. It moves. Um, yeah, die hard because it's hard to die. No, it's like if you die, you're gonna die hard. Oh, <laughs> well, if you die, you're gonna go hard. Because yeah. I was thinking about how some of the people died, and they, and they did die pretty hard. They died pretty hard. Does everyone die hard? I think in this movie they do. Hence the yeah. title. I mean, uh, Alan the guy Rickman, in the elevator. Yeah, this was his big like break into Hollywood. And he didn't even know how to hold a gun. They had to teach him how to hold a gun. They pushed him off the thing they were going to film the fall without him knowing. And like in that, his reaction is truly him falling down onto this mat. But yeah, uh, the producer Joel Silver wanted an explosion at the end of uh, Die Hard, like with a helicopter. We want helicopters an explosion. So I think they set it up and filmed it once with the model, and that's what they put in, and it works fine. But it was, you know, not original idea. But John McTiernan is just so good at navigating all of that. I mean, Predator is a pretty great action movie as well. A horror? Would you call it action horror or horror action? Action horror. Yeah. How many floors to the building? Over thirty. Over thirty floors. Uh, over have... thirty-three because he goes up to thirty-three oh, at least. Yeah. You were just mentioning that when we were watching the film that the gas was low. 74 cents. 74 cents. <laughs> I didn't know if 74 had anything to do with the rest of the film. No, I was just noticing that the gas was 74, 74 cents. After the guy bought all the Twinkies. <laughs> it's like, these are from a wife. Oh, yeah, and Reginald L. Johnson from uh, Family Matters, the dad from Family Matters. Mm -hmm. uh, very, very funny in this as well. Now, goddammit, now! Over and over again. And the, the, the skeevy uh, reporter uh, played by... Uh, the same guy who's the uh, from the EPA in Ghostbusters. Yep, yep. That guy. Are there just like car lots in in L.A. that just kind of like house a, a bazillion types of cars? 
that you go and pick and rent when you're filming a film and says we need a yeah. we need a 1957 police car from Den Denver. Yeah. And they they make sure that they're still running. I mean, yeah. Who has that job? Props maybe. God, uh, it's crazy. To William think. Atherton is the actor's name. Mm -hmm. uh, really good. But yeah, everybody. Uh, Alexander Gudinov was a, a from the Bolshoi, I believe. Uh, and Ballet. Tur turned actor, yeah. Uh, he was in uh, Money Pit with uh, Tom Hanks and Shelley Long. He was in that as well. Um, great bad guy. And a, very much a horror ending with him coming back <laughs> when you thought he was dead, mm -hmm. hanging from the chain. Um, but this is this is the movie that I watch at Christmas, either Christmas Eve or Christmas, every single year. I, there's just something about it. I find it to be fun. Um, I think it's funny. Uh, and Alan Rickman, I just can't you know can't say enough good things. He makes the movie, in my opinion. You know, I my reference point, my meeting Alan Rickman was Robin Hood, Prince of oh, Thieves, and then and that was after this, yeah. And so, and I loved him in that. I thought he was the best, best part of it, part of the film. Yeah. And so, like to see this performance so many years later, um, is so wonderful to discover. Uh, he's so when he turns into that uh, American accent real quick when he sees Bruce Willis's character, and like oh, that scene between them is so great. Just a masterclass. Mm -hmm. And he um, knew the names of the people. In the building, so that he could give a name, because he was, you know, looking at the list of names. Mm -hmm. Just brilliant stuff. Yeah. Um, the fact that she took Gennaro, as opposed to McLean, mm -hmm. plays a lot into it. Because you know, if they if it said H McLean on the the door, they would immediately know once they find out that it's his name is John McLean. So when people, I mean, people <laughs> write things like this um, screenplay. Are they writing it because they already know? All of these little things, or do they can get consulted by? Well, it's in a book. It's all in the book already. Uh, prop. I would think that a lot of it is. I have not read the book, unfortunately. I don't think it's as good as as Die Hard, maybe. Um, but I'm sure there's a lot of those things. And if not, I could see as a writer. I don't know. Back me up here, Steve, Matt. If as a writer you're reading a book and it has those kinds of things in them anyway, you're gonna try to bring that even if it's in your own way to it you know mm -hmm. it has well, that novelistic feel it's just one of those films that for me uh you think oh no there's just no way that this can happen i mean there's no way they could really have this orchestrated the way it's going to be and then then upon the first shot of the uh, security guard receptionist guy the, in the bottom floor you're like oh and then the truck's like hey we're in and you're like Oh, and then the computer guy, computer guy starts, you know, doing stuff with the elevator. You're like, oh, and you just watch it like escalate, escalate, and then the same thing with Bruce Willis's character. You're like, oh, oh, and it's like all these little like ah, gotcha, aha moments. You're like, oh, okay, well that was smart. You know, it's just silly, but yeah, and, it, and it's it's woven together in such a, a great way. And it really builds on all of that and makes you, even with the twist that they're not terrorists, they're, they're, they're thieves. They're there to rob uh, this place. When you he know? sent that guy down the elevator and says something like, I have oh, a by machine the way, gun. I've got the machine gun or whatever, you're like, oh, I wish I had thought of that. Well, what's interesting is that another thing that helps fortify it as a Christmas film, with every guy he kills, 
he gets more gifts. <laughs> he gets more things. And the detonators. Yeah, absolutely. And it's Give like me my he has this sack of gifts by the end. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's very Christmassy. Yeah. I mean, he has to kill someone to get it, but you know, it's yeah. the spirit. Oh, yeah. And this is another thing that I it always sticks out to me. So he doesn't have any shoes on, right? And the first guy he kills, Carl. No, no, Carl's brother. Um, small feet. Has small feet, but he's such a big guy. Yeah. And I keep looking at his feet. I'm like, I don't think his feet are actually that small. Right. But it had to be in there. To keep him barefoot. Yeah. Because we want our Bruce barefoot. Because you got to have the glass later That's on. That's right. And he's got to notice that he doesn't have shoes on so that they do shoot out the glass. Yeah. Yeah, that's really awful. It's like, of course you have to run through that, but like... I can't imagine what that's. It's like walking on broken glass. Someone should write a song. <laughs> he wear he wore like booties, like foot booties that mm. look like feet. Ah, uh, I wonder if Annie Lennox was inspired to write that song after watching Die Hard One Christmas. I, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that she's a huge or was a huge Bruce Willis fan. Not that he's dead or anything, but it's really sad what's happened to him. He's gone nonverbal. He's yeah. got dementia or Alzheimer's. Um, well, I mean. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, and Die Hard 2, which is not directed by John McTiernan. It's directed by Rennie Harlan, uh, who's directed a couple of Christmas-related films. But Die Hard 2 is a Christmas movie as well. Um, it's a little more, I think it's a meaner Christmas kind of uh, film. Well, it's a sequel. It's got to be. Yeah, and uh, Bonnie Bedelia is back, and uh, William Atherton is back. We get, like, two scenes uh, with Reginald Bell Johnson. Um, but it's at Dulles Airport, of all places, and uh, Bonnie Bedelia's flying into Dulles and going to be meeting Bruce Willis there in D.C. And uh, I think it's her parents' house or something like that. And the terrorists come and they shut down Dulles and all the pl planes have to fly around up above the, the airport uh, and not being able to land. They shut down all the lights, and of course Bonnie Bedelia's on that flight, and that, uh-oh, Who's there? John McClane, who's now got fame from Nakatomi Plaza. And uh, so it's like, oh, my God, this is happening to me again kind of feeling. But he goes into action, and, uh, of course, he winds up saving the day. But it's a little different, but it's definitely a Christmas movie as well. Well, uh, this this has been our Christmas movie uh, series in support of Silver Bells at um, the Virginia Repertory Theater that we're going to on Thursday and Friday of this week, and we'll be sure to document that. But right now, our friend Nancy is here, so we've got to go. It's Merry Christmas time. Merry Christmas. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you want to learn more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. Please follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Patreon under Connor and Smith. Again, Connor and Smith with an ER. Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. It helps us out so much. Share it where you share things. Post it where you post things. We are so appreciative to all of you for following us on this journey. And happy holidays to you all.